Welcome to our little pub. I'm Jimmy Red Barman for the night. Now some of you who've listened to us before have said that maybe the show is a bit too long and you're being overserved. Ooh, I like it long. Thank you, madam. See what I mean? Definitely overserved. To continue, we at the Britain Yankee only open our doors every fortnight, so we want to make sure you get your full pints worth. We do realise that some of you have limited capacity. Not me. I can drink it down all in one go. Yes, madam. Thank you, madam. If you can't drink it all in one session, make use of the pause or the stop buttons on your computers or MP3 players. It's easy to come back and have another pint when you're feeling thirsty. So please, remember to listen responsibly and pace yourselves. Now, let me get you your first pint for the session as I turn you back to the management. Yeah, come on boys. Give me all the podcast you got. Alright boys, take that bloody woman to the kitchen, get her a cup of coffee and show it to my car. I mean the door. Oh, what a giveaway. Podcast number 355. Yes, we've got over that 350 mark and are heading to 400. Welcome to the Britain Yankee Pub. My name is Phil Clark. I'm the Brit. And with me, my co-host, the Yankee for today, Mr. Ken McMullen, live from Hot Vine Brewing. Hey, Ken, how you doing, man? Excellent. Glad to be here, Phil. Good. Yeah, I'm glad to be here too, because uh, the, uh, the alternative is not good, right? Yeah. So, right. <laughs> so just before we get going on this rather special edition, because we do have with us a medal-winning beer and a medal-winning brewer. Oh, you? No, you're oh, not. No, no, no. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, or is he? <laughs> I don't know where he is on your screen. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you love Zoom? It's great. <laughs> anyway, um, just want to let everybody know that they can reach us uh, at all the usual places, www.thebritainyankee.com. We're on all the best podcast aggregators. And uh, we're also at Pints at the Britain Yankee. So I think that covers everything. Without further ado, as you see in front of me, I have a plethora, or is that plethora? I don't know. A lot of beers in front of me, all of which come from a brewery down in Tinley Park by the name of Sound Growler. I don't know where that came from, but perhaps our very special guest here can tell us. Welcome to the show, Larry Howe. Or is it Larry Huff? I don't know. You tell me. It's Howe, like H-O-W, and thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Larry. That was the first thing. When you gave me your card, I went, oh, is that a Huff or a Howe? (laughs) I've been getting it my whole life. Welcome to the show. We're so glad you're able to be with us because the f- it's been kind of an interesting uh, last couple of weeks or so. I first came down to your actual brewery uh, when I was picking up my Fobab beers. Little did I know that one of the beers that was in the judging at the time of the picking up was going to be a medal winner. We have it here and we'll get to it in part two. But first all the other beers that I have in front of me. Ken, 
you've got one of the beers or you've got all these beers as well. And I said, which one are you going to open up for our first sample? And I think the porter came your way because you like porters, don't you? Yeah, I, I mean, I like a lot of beers, but I do like porters. <laughs> Le leather apron is what I'm going to be trying here. That's their porter. All right, good man. And I'm going to try one um, because Larry has one that, uh, I was going to try this one here, Ryver, and he'll tell us about all of these. But I'm going to I'm going to crack open Warblood, which is a uh, red IPA. And actually, what happened was, I thought he was going to have this on tap, but it ran out. So that's a good thing, isn't it, Larry? Yeah, I think it's a pretty good thing. All right. So we always do like to do a, a synchronized opening. So pick up your cans, please, gentlemen. Oh, Larry, that's right. You opened yours already. Can you do an impression of a can opening? I'll try. Okay, good man. One, two, three. Perfect. I love it. So, um, oh, my goodness me. I have to tell you, as soon as you opened, or as soon as I opened this IPA, I got this lovely waft of, waft of, of like hops and, and the beautiful red IPA. So we're going to go ahead and pour those. So tell us about Ryvern, which is the one that you have. And then we'll get to mine and then we'll get to Ken's and then we'll talk about your brewery. All right. Well, Ryvern is a newer pale ale that we've done West coast style pale ale with a, just a smidge of rye, just enough to be considered a rye pale ale. So it's got a little bit of that spicy character on the finish and uh, it's just made with a uh, zero and um, a little bit of rye malt and pretty much traditional like Northwest style uh, IPA hops. Um, I don't remember what some of my hops are that I did with these. So yeah, there's some pale ale in there. There's some rye malt, flaked rye, uh, caramel Vienna, Vienna malts, and all Cascade Amarillo and Chinook. And then they fermented that with American ale yeast. Can you, can you show us the can? Because one of the things about your over a little bit over a little bit more. There we go. Beautiful. I love it. Um, one of the lovely things I like about your cans is the artwork. And uh, Ken, show your leather apron. And I'll show my uh, war blood. There we go. Look at that. Isn't it, isn't it fantastic? So tell us about the, uh, the artwork on this, because there is a certain amount of darkness to each of these, but <laughs> they're great pictures. Um, we used two different artists one of them is from the uk he's currently living in spain um his instagram is matt sabbath and he does a lot of like the 70s like chopper style artwork he's the one that did war blood and leather apron and then the ryvern can was done by a guy named uh steven yoyata and i believe he's out of indonesia and he's like another kind of stoner doom artist uh he does a lot of work for a lot of like doom metal bands which is kind of our thing here so He's got this like fantasy type thing with like the dragons and like creatures and uh, kind of like the Dungeons and Dragons type thing, I guess, but a little bit of an 80s twist. It looked a little bit like the art on uh, Yes albums. Oh, I haven't seen too many of those covers. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, uh, they're not heavy metal, and that, of course, is one of the themes of your brewery, correct? Because every time right. I come in, there's some real heavy, heavy metal going on. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's our thing. Um, I guess 
that's our our niche is uh you know we're doom metal inspired a lot of the beer names and uh come from either lyrics or band names we do collaborations with metal bands so um we're currently working on one right now that's going to be done pretty soon with a band from uh richmond virginia called Windhand, and they're a, a doom metal band and that's a very interesting beer that we're going to be releasing um as far as the Warblood artwork, uh, one of our partners, one of the co-founders, he is part Native American, and he came up with the name and just kind of directed with the artwork. So he has ties to like uh, his native tribes out of Oklahoma. His mom is a hundred percent indigenous, and uh, that's where that one came from. The beer, I had a, a red IPA recipe, and he kind of came up with Warblood for that. Uh, it's Leathering, awesome. Yeah. It's it like you said. It is kind of dark, so I could see some people may be taking it the wrong way or something like eh, that. Screw but, you know, <laughs> yeah. We've had we've had minor trouble with some of our labels as far as the TTB. We were supposed to be at a metal fest, and uh, TTB didn't like our tortilla hands label because they didn't like the taco blunt they called it. So we had to get that changed. And uh, what was the reasoning? <clears throat> Because of the smoke on it, cannabis, I guess. Ah. That's, yeah. So we have an okay. alternate one, but we're not getting rid of that label. We have an alternate one for distro out of state so that we don't get any crap from anyone. So um, <laughs> Leather Apron was just inspired by uh, Jack the Ripper. Um, it's not technically, I wouldn't say, like a London English porter, but uh, that was where the inspiration came from. Um, it's a lot of American hops in there mostly American malt. So I, I wouldn't exactly call it like an English porter, but that's where the inspiration came for that label there. Yeah. Um, Ken, you, you drunk it, right? Uh, and yes. uh, show, show us what you got and your opinions. Uh, it's, it's excellent color. Um, lasting head. Look at that. Still got head on it. You guys hear that? Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> oh, can I hear it? No. <laughs> no, I just heard like a machine running. Uh, no, yeah, I think it's a, a compressor back here that oh, okay. tried to turn off. Oh, it'll shut I off can't hear it, yeah. but then again, I'm deaf, so. Yeah. No, it's nice. It's got a nice uh, nice malt nose. There's a little bit of a hint of vanilla coming off of it. Um, it's malty. It's delicious. It's very, very delicious beer. Yeah, one of the best porters I've tasted for quite a while. Um, there's one that's made out of some brewery down in uh, Aurora uh, who does something called Hibernal Porter. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's Ken's. <laughs> yeah. Mine's yeah, this a is light on ABV, but this is this is great. I don't know what the yeah. ABV is on this. Uh, it is 5.8. Hello, he fell over. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I like about it. Five okay, cool. Just, just great. I like it because it has a lot of uh, body, a lot of mouthfeel to it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. So, well, um, my my um, imperial. Uh, no, it's not an imperial red. It's a it's a red IPA, but it is about seven percent, right? Yes. Okay. This is everything I want in a nice IPA. <laughs> which is a uh, beautiful color. I mean, the color is just delicious. It's, it, it's a mahogany red, I'd say. Matches the bar. Come on. <laughs> yeah. That one actually um, has a specialty malt. That's, how, that's where the color comes from. 
Um, we use uh, maybe 30% of uh, Red X, Best Malls Red X. So you'll get a little bit of like that little bit of a toasted malt, maybe the slight biscuit. That's what that's from. Uh, trying to get the red color using like roasted barley or midnight wheat or carafa. I just, I don't like playing with that because it kind of turns more of a brown color sometimes if you don't get it right. So uh, I've been playing with Red X for a while and uh, that's that's what made it into the uh, recipe. Over time, I slowly backed off on it because the, the first couple versions were maybe a little bit roastier than I wanted to wanted it to be. And uh, right now I think it's about the balance that I like. So I think we'll, this is like version three or four that uh, probably stick with this one. Still getting the color, but able to back off on the on the actual amount of the malt. So, yeah. But I, hearing you guys talk about this, I might open this right after we're done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, awesome. I think it's, I I think it's a great IPA. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a big hazy guy, and I understand that you're not too. Is that right, Larry? You prefer the cleaner ones? Yeah, uh, when it comes to IPAs, West Coast IPAs all day for me. Pale Ale is the same. Uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is one of my favorite beers of all time. Um, so most of my happy beer inspiration does come from West Coast breweries and brewers. Um, not, I make We make a hazy IPA, which is our most popular, which is Orange Haze. Um, but that beer is a West Coast IPA. It's just hazy from the yeast. There's no wheat. There's no... No adjuncts. It's just uh, two malts and a, a shit ton of citra hops, and then it just gets the haze from the yeast. But that's my way of, uh, I guess, coming to terms with having to make one because people want it. So I just <laughs> we had to make sure we did it our way and not, you know, the the overly sweet, um, non bitter way. So it's got all the bitterness and it's got all that hop there. But yeah, well, I don't just, regularly drink them. Just like Frank Sinatra says, I did it my way. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so um, let's go back in history a little bit um, because you have been open for about three years now, just over three years. Yeah. July 27th or 28th would have been three or is was three. Um, I've been in this space for almost exactly four years. So the first year was obviously build out and I was just here all day in this giant empty space. So doing like small homebrew style beers for like festivals, you know, trying to get our name out there. Uh, then the equipment came and we installed all that. So yeah, we've, uh, I would say inception about 2016 was about, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. So. And, and, and actually uh, the first time I came across you was somewhere where Ken was at the time uh, Midwest Brew Review, uh, not Midwest Brew Review. <laughs> I love those guys, but that's not the way they were. Um, the Midwest Brewers uh, Festival, right, Ken? Is that what it was? Probably, yeah. Okay, yeah, and and you were in a tent uh, that uh, was serving your ESB or English or English bitter. I don't know which one it was, but when I went back on my uh, Facebook. Um, messenger i still found the message that i sent to you hey it's a great esb we got to do a podcast with you and that was what two years ago <laughs> yeah uh that, yes that was probably our first within our first year that was in a uh, cast too i believe that was the uh was it a firkin fest maybe it, it could have been a, yeah firkin fest yeah yeah well, we had a 
We had a fur content at Midwest Brewers Fest every year, so it, it may have been there. Oh, yeah, that's true. So now, have you, have you done any more English-style beers? Um, no, I would like to. It's just right now with, with COVID happening, we're, we would do a lot of experimental beers. I love brewing styles that I've never even done before. And we don't do uh, pilot batches. We just, I know my system, so I, I know if it's going to be, I should have an idea of how this recipe is going to come out. So I do different versions of beers, but with the tap room not being open, um, aside from outside seating, which is, you know, beer to none. So I, I'm not going to be able to move a 15 barrel batch of a specialty beer, experimental beer like that for me, not here. Um, so that's why I can't wait until we can open back up because then I can start doing these off the wall beers again, you know, different styles that I haven't made before. And um, but besides the ESB that we haven't done anything else, I would say traditionally English style. And uh, we didn't do it this year as much as we all love that beer. I don't feel like it would move for us with the, uh, I guess you could just say the, the, the beer drinkers around us that are going to be buying our beer. They're very heavy lager and hazy IPA and West Coast IPAs, ours especially, are people actually drink those a lot. So we have to kind of stick with what I can move in cans, especially, and what I have artwork for because the whole draft thing, like we're slowly backing off on kegs just because I know with just having a tent outside, people aren't going to be drinking outside that much anymore. Like we had a good past couple weeks, well, aside from two weeks ago with all that wind, but um, this past week was a really good week for us. Even though there was Thanksgiving, we, we got a lot of business and there was a lot of people actually outside drinking, but it was warm enough to not even have to be in a tent. I believe you were there during the week too. So it's gotten a little bit warmer towards as the week went on. So and we had pretty consistent business outside, but with this yeah. week being kind of cold and, uh, you know, it's only going to get worse from here. So we have to kind of rely on what, we, what we're going to be able to can and, and either deliver or have people pick up. So I haven't been able to do, to answer your question, I, that was the only one I've been able to do. But the reason I can't do anything right now is because of COVID. It's kind of limiting what we could brew and what we're able to move. Yeah, we came down on a Monday, didn't we, Ken, and enjoyed some of your delicious tacos because uh, not only do you have great beer, but uh, you've also got good food. Yeah, yep. for sure. It helps. And one of the few places yeah. that's open on a Monday, folks. So if you're looking for somewhere to go uh, and you're in the industry, because most people close down on a Monday, right? <laughs> you don't. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, I, I really like these three beers. I also like the fact you're doing them in a 12-ounce size. Um, I don't know. There's something about buying six cans uh, and having one. Okay, uh, if I have four and it's a pint, okay, fine, you know. But I like the idea of going back to tradition like this. Yeah. So good on you. Thank you. Yeah, we uh, when we when we had a mobile canner come in, we did sixteen ounce four packs like everybody else is doing. And uh, my wife, who is now our taproom manager and she's our our sales manager, she came from Windy City Distributing, and uh, she told me a couple of years ago she's just like twelve packs is where it's going to be at. Um, and aside from just taking her advice, I personally don't like drinking out of a 16 ounce can. Uh, it's just like, once you get to that last quarter, it's just, it's that extra four ounces. That's just either warm or you don't want to finish, <laughs> especially, especially with, uh, with the, uh, the macro loggers. There's a reason why once it gets a little bit warm, you tend to not finish it and grab a new fresh or cold one. But yeah, I think the 12 ounces is the way to go for 
for me especially i like 12 ounce cans i'm not big on to i'm not big on 16 ounce cans um well uh it's good um i'm gonna raise my glass to you we're gonna take a real short break we'll come back and we're gonna take a little dive into fobab medal winning beers cheers we'll be back in a minute back and i'm very happy to say that i have a can of a very rare beer and this very rare beer however won a silver medal in the classic classic class i think it was at fobab am i correct larry yeah uh it got a bronze oh it got a bronze uh, yeah oh sorry i'm sure it's worth a silver (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um yeah it was in the classic beer style so we've all got a can of this. You got yours, Ken? Yep. Now this happens to be in like a nondescript. Is this like one that you did for the judges? You kept this back? We actually have some like, I guess I call them blanks or generic labels in black. Oh, you got that. So it's kind of like a crowler label. But if we want to do a one-off canning uh, and we don't have labels for that beer at the time, we'll use these I guess like I call them blanks and yeah. uh, we'll either just put the sticker on it or write in there. We don't do a lot of them. So Let, let's open this uh, bronze <laughs> medal winning beer after three. And then while I'm pouring it, you tell us all about it. Okay. One, two, three. Oh, lovely. That was sounding good. I'll tell you. All right. Carry on, Larry. Uh, so basically this beer is our, I don't know if I could, confidently say number one but I, I believe it's our number one selling mexican lager tortilla hands um and what we did was for a couple of years i've been wanting to put tortilla hands in tequila barrels just to see what would happen so we finally did it this year um i want to say the first time we released it it was aged four months in uh Anjo tequila anejo tequila barrels and we released the first one on Cinco de Mayo and we had a line wrapped around the building for it, but we only did, uh, we only did one keg or one, one tequila barrel of it and we ran out really fast. So this time around we did two tequila barrels, reused one of them that the original was in and, uh, it's pretty much it. There's nothing added to it. It's just, it just sat in tequila barrels for four months. And then we released the second time around was exactly four months later. It was for uh, Mexican independence day in September. And we sold out of it. I kept the case behind just for Fobab, just for the hell of it. And that's all I have left is like a couple miscellaneous cans laying around. So we, uh, uh, I feel very privileged to be drinking this because when we came down to, to see you, um, one of the beers we had while with our tacos was that Mexican lager. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was very excellent because it was, you know, a lighter lager and it had like a little twist of that lime. I don't know if you had anything like that in it, but that's what it, in, the impression I got. Very yeah, drinkable. We, we actually use one of the, uh, I believe it's the New Zealand hop. It's got the uh, mm. little bit reminiscent of lime peel. Is That's why we use it. It's a very small amount like 15 minutes in the boil left and uh that's it 
Nelson so that's, Savin. That's why we used it. Was that Nelson Savin? No, no. Uh, I think it's Wakatsu. Okay. That one has Is a little it? bit of a lime peel flavor, okay. peppery-ish, I guess. So Ken. that's with a little bit of the lime comes. Sometimes it's very prominent. Sometimes it's not. Well, when we tasted it at your place, uh, that was a week ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Last Monday, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that seems like a long time ago. It's a week back. <laughs> just like just like you got, just Ken. Like mine. Oh. Yeah. There was a holiday in between. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could have sworn there was a little hint of lime in there. That that tops blows me away. That that's killer. Yeah. What do you What do you think of this, Ken? Because I've already formed an opinion. <laughs> it's well, horrible. No. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's. I don't know how long you had it in the barrel, but uh, it doesn't seem to have picked up a lot of like the barrel character. But I've got tequila, and it's a nice level. Like it added to this beer wonderfully. I, I think it's it's the right amount. You know, yeah, it's not overly the, barreled. Uh, with the smaller beers like that, it's hard to. Uh gauge i mean you got to keep on it because if you leave it in there too long then the barrel is just going to take over and then you're going to lose the actual you know a small beer like that you don't have a lot of malt, malt character to begin with aside from the corn with this style beer so if uh, if you let it go too long then you kind of you're just going to lose it it's not going to be balanced you know if you have a, a barrel aged beer and you could just tell that it may have been way too long in the barrel or it just doesn't have the malt to support the barrel you're just going to get all barrel and it's you're probably not going to enjoy it so but yeah. about three and a half to four months seems to be the right number for this one it's um it 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 almost seems like it should be high alcohol but i don't think it is is it no it's not over uh five percent okay yeah it, it it's just it is having had the base beer this is really it's just added a kind of earthiness to us. I don't know what tequila really tastes like. I don't drink spirits. I, um, I really don't drink a lot of spirits either. I'll occasionally, if someone has something special, I'll have a little bit, but I, I maybe like a couple times a year and that's it. I don't drink a lot of spirits, but I like the barrels. So yeah, we, well, we were actually serving these uh, in September when we were, you know, we were able to, the night, weather was nicer, but we were, putting a salt margarita salted rim with a lime on it and it actually worked oh. out pretty good so yeah nice, I'll say. Nice yeah i think this you should true. buy some more tequila barrels larry yeah <laughs> how many times really can good. you use how many times can you use those barrel barrels uh i try not to use a barrel more than twice depending on what was in it uh so after which was interesting because usually the places I've worked at, we've used them once and then got rid of them. Sorry, I got Amazon delivery mm. notifications coming. Um, <laughs> so one barrel was used twice. And then we got another of the same barrel that was freshly dumped. And actually both barrels side by side, even though one was already used and drained, they both tasted the exact same. How so long? I was kind of surprised at that. About four months. Four months. That's probably why. Because, you know, a lot of barrels, people are like whiskey barrels, a big stout, you know, a brewery's leaving that in there like 10 months to over a year. Yeah. And that's why you get one use, but mm -hmm. four months, maybe, maybe that's what, and plus this is a much lighter beer. I mean, it doesn't right. take much to, to get that spirit character in there. Yeah. It's delicious. Really. So man, this is yeah. great. Thank yeah. You. This, this is a, uh, this is a lighter beer that has uh, a big profile. 
um, I, I'm blown away by it. I can see why the people liked it and why it would be a classic style, like a lager, but you just put a lovely twist on it. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> I, can't say, I can't say how much I really like this and what a privilege it is to be able to drink a can of it. So, I, so I'm proud of it because of what the beer is. You know, it's not something you could hide behind. Like I compare right. lagers uh, and other, let's say, hazy IPA and a lager. That lager is like an acoustic guitar, and that hazy IPA is like an electric guitar. You could you could hide a lot of shit behind that electric noise, <laughs> but when it comes to the acoustic guitar, one little fuck up, and you're gonna you're gonna find it. So uh, that's why I, I particularly like this one because you you can't hide behind anything. It's all right in your face. So it's uh, I'm glad I, it, I love I'm glad for I'm proud of that 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 style one because. People don't tend to drink a lot of classic beer styles anymore anyway. So, and this is no frills. It's literally the finished work put in tequila barrels, four months, pulled out, carbonated and packaged, and that's it. And uh, I love your analogy with uh, musical instruments. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to think of, what about the, the porter? What musical instrument is that? Um, an electric uh, acoustic guitar. Oh, okay. Plug in. <laughs> You got anything that's like drums? Uh, I would say orange tape <laughs> is probably like drums. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, tell us a little bit about um, the, the makeup of your brewery right now um, is that you, you're kind of in an industrial area. And if you, if our viewers know, <clears throat> excuse me, oh, I've got a frog in my throat, um, <clears throat> ribbit. If uh, if the viewers know where Hailstorm is, you are around the corner. So to my way of thinking, if you're going down to Tinley Park, which, you know, I'm way up north here, up in the Fox Valley, um, it's well worth going to both the breweries. But, uh, you know, you're in an industrial park, and, it, and it, I know a lot of breweries are like that. Is that something that is was on your mind when you wanted to open up a brewery? Um, yeah, we were looking industrial. We actually had a spot that we all really loved. It was in an industrial park. It was uh, just on the other side of Wolf Road, west of Wolf Road and 191st. It was much bigger. Uh, it was twice the size. You know, we had like all the overhead doors we needed. We had our own dock for uh, loading and unloading. Um, but the building management didn't want us to knock down the front offices because we needed to put a tap room in there. This was a tap room where we weren't going to do it. Um, yeah, we were not going to be able to rely on distro. So it's not going to happen. And, uh, so that fell through and the day we signed on this place, they, that other place called us and said, Hey, maybe we could work something out. It's like, you know, too little, too late. Thanks though. Um, but we did acquire the spot next door to us directly on the other side of the wall, which we will have in the spring. And it's the exact same size as what we have now. So we got some special things planned for that, um, for the, for the customers. And for us, it gives us more room because right now we're packed back here. We're like, a, we're a 10,000 square foot brewery in a 4,500 square foot space right now. So it's, it's a little bit cramped back here. Um, but yeah, one day we were thinking maybe we could do a standalone <clears throat> You know, if we if we don't stick around here, that would be the next upgrade would to be to have its own, you know, its own spot, not connected to anything. Even if it was an industrial spot, still, it's all the whole building, not just uh, part of it where you're sharing with other people. But for the size and financially um, right now, I think what we what we did and what we're doing is working out for us. We didn't get in our, over our heads. Um, so we're able to sustain, even though 
with the current times, we're, we're able to keep going. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I like the space. It's right off the expressway. It's right on the main road as hailstorms kind of tucked away. You got to kind of weave off of another street to get to it. But if you're in our parking lot and you know how to get there, you literally just leave cross one street and then you they're less than a minute away from here. Steve actually drove over here on his golf cart the other day. So <laughs> Steve Miller from Hailstorm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I'm trying to figure out where you're at in the brewery. I think, is that the window where the food comes out just to oh, your left? So we have uh, our lawyer guys up front and he's actually writing a book. So he needs the music to write his murder mysteries. And so I had to go, I'm back in the brewery at my makeshift desk. I'm actually under a pallet rack. This is where my little office oh, is. I'm so behind me is uh, like a women's restroom sign above your head. And I've tried to figure out what that was. Oh, oh, there we go. There we go. There's the brewery. Nice. Nice, nice equipment. <laughs> Phil yeah, likes we, your equipment. We got two 30 barrel tanks. Um, that one's one of them is like reserved for tortilla hands. And we're 15 barrel brew house and uh, four 15 barrels of uni fermenters. The two 30s are unis and we have four seven barrel unis. So we started with the 415s and the four sevens. And the reason why we got the four sevens was in the beginning, I could brew one batch of beer and actually come out with two beers to get them on tap faster, which we, we do all the time. So we still use those um, partners. Like you want to get rid of these seven barrel tanks. I'm like, no, like those, I love those things. Those are my babies. Cause I get to experiment with the same work, same everything. And then once it gets into the fermenter, it's a completely two, two, two completely different beers. So, we have oh, are, those. Are you, are you just using different yeasts or are you collecting different gravities or what, what are you doing in there? We'll use different yeasts and uh, one tank is dedicated to, to Brett beers and sours. So we don't do kettle sours. We actually sour in the tank. And um, we'll, let's say uh, there's a beer called Plasm. It's just a hazy pale ale with uh, Cardinal and uh, Barbe Rouge hops. So the other split of that got this is the collaboration i was talking about with the band it's going to be an italian grape ale soured so it was that base beer we added um 42 pounds of blackberry and 15 pounds of two five gallon buckets of uh grape must to the fermenter okay. and then we pitched yeast so that's going to be our next uh, sour grape kind of thing I've, I've been wanting to to add grape must and grape juice to a beer for a long time and then the band we're dealing with they like uh light lagers and sours and uh ciders so they asked if they could put grapes in it and i was like that actually gives me the opportunity to do so so yeah. it was our first time doing it and right now it smells like welch's uh grape juice and then it's really sour so I, you, you really get the grapes out of it. I was worried that you wouldn't, but uh, it worked out and it, it tastes pretty good. It's just straight out of the fermenter, not carbonated. So that's like one I'm looking forward to. But yeah, then the other two will like split a stout in. And I like having the smaller tanks too, because if we just do two whiskey or bourbon barrels full of beer, I could put those in there, still reach the carb stone. It's easy to carbonate, you know, um, to have the smaller tanks. So I could play around a little bit with minimal barrels and still treat it like a normal beer when I rack back into the tank and just carve it up and 
that's why uh, I like them. I, if, I think that's part of the creativity. Uh, Orange Haze was basically built in one of those. It was a split batch. We do a California lager and a traditional Saison. Same work, everything, different yeasts. One gets dry hopped, one doesn't. So, yeah, we're able to spit out, you know, two beers at one time. Kind of a two for one for me. I don't like doing half, I don't like doing half batches because the efficiency goes way down. It ends up costing you just as much as it would if you just built, if you just did the whole, you know, 15 barrel batch. So that's why we have those. And you were talking about um, other beers that you're doing. And when I was there earlier, I did pick up this one, which is Swarth. I don't know what Swarth is, but according to this, it's ale made from rye and pale malt with re-fermented with Britannices and peaches. Now, I'm not going to open this one right now, um, okay. but I do want to ask you, how long do you think a bottle like this, which doesn't have a lot of hops, will last? Could this last till spring of next year? Oh, yeah, easily. It's already oh, cool. over, it's over a year old now. Oh! Um, yeah. That one we entered into uh, GABF twice, and it went to the meddling round both times, but it didn't, it didn't place. So um, I, that was one of the first Brett beers that we did. And then Plague of the Locust, that's probably my baby. That's the most complex beer that I've ever done. Yeah. And what a segue. So let's yeah. take a uh, break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Plague of the Locust. We've all got a bottle. I don't know if we're going to open a 22-ounce bomber of it, <laughs> but uh, I am because I don't have to drive anywhere. Thank you. I have, I have Let's take untapped. a break. <laughs> And we're back. And uh, before we uh, uh, went away, we were talking about how beers might last till next spring because of the taste. I have also have a bottle. I've gone crazy on your beers, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, a bottle of Cave Dope, which um, is an interesting title. Um, it yeah. has a picture of a skeleton stirring a, uh, a, a cauldron a la Macbeth. Um, this is your uh, bar bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout, which I mm -hmm. think has just been released, if I'm correct. That one is from last year. Oh. Yeah. This well, year I got, I got an old one? <laughs> you have I'll, I'll, save you guys, uh, I'll save you guys some of this year as it's in cans. Well, actually, if I have this one and it's a year old, that's going to get open very shortly. Uh, <laughs> however... What we want to talk about now is another beer that actually, oh, I better get rid of this one as well. <laughs> Let's go to a new glass. Hang on. There we go. New glass, a cut glass this time for a very nice beer. So this is a plague of locusts, which um, I had uh, down there uh, on tap. And I thought it was a very intriguing and complex brew. Did you put this in for Fobab? Uh, I did, and I don't know if I put it in the wrong category or not, but uh, there's the wreck category, but this one actually is fruited, but then there's the, the wild non-acidic, so I didn't know, I wasn't sure which category to put it in, so um, as, as happy as I am that Tortilla Hands did place, this was the one that I was banking on. Well, you've got this one, Ken, right? Yep. Do you have it, Larry? Yeah, I have a, a cup in front of me. 
Oh, he's got a cup because you've got it on tap there. So let us open ours. I've got the opener down here. I'm yeah, I, reached my, I forgot an opener, so here's the closest one. <laughs> <laughs> It'll work. It'll work. Go ahead. What the heck is that? The brewing spoon. Oh, I an see. Opener built in. Wow. You brewers are so inventive. <laughs> All right, I'm going to pour this out. This pours out absolutely like a, what can I say? I don't know, really. It, it looks, the color of it looks like um, some sort of a, a Kool-Aid. I wouldn't <laughs> With all due respect, that's, I'm trying to find the right words for this. It's an absolutely fantastic uh, – what color would you call that, Ken? It's, it's well, like a beautiful red. It's got a nice pink head on it, and then it's oh. this deep, like, purple – Violet, maybe? Violet. Yeah, sure. It's, it's neat. I it's beautiful. Wait. I have to say, this is fantastic looking. Let's see how it sniffs. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, I'm getting a lot of uh, that woody Brett. Now, this has got Brett in it? Yes, it does. Okay, good. Phew. <laughs> Beautiful aroma. Tell us a little bit about the other adjuncts in this. Um, this was a beer de garde. We, we teamed up. So the story with this starts with uh, there's this guy, Vincent. Um, he is a, a wine salesman, and he's trying to get a uh, French beer into some of the higher end French restaurants in Chicago. Um, so we went with, uh, he team, he was trying to find a brewery that would do a beer like that, uh, kind of collaborate with him. Um, so we brewed this beer to guard. It's called Dumont. It's been doing well from some of the bottle shops up North. Uh, I know it's at bear on the wall. Uh, it was at bear temple. So going back to the seven barrel fermenters that we have, I did a 15 barrel batch of this beer and we split it. And then I took the other half of the beer and I put it into uh, port wine barrels, two port wine barrels. And then we added 84 pounds of blackberries into each one. And then uh, I had Omega make me a special blend of uh, Britannomyces pitches, two separate ones to pitch into these barrels. And we let it sit about 10 months. And then this is the result. Wow. So, so I knew. So the, colors, I knew the colors from Blackberry and those port barrels, the port red wine barrels. Yeah, I knew there was something I really liked about this, and you just said it, port wine barrels. I am a, I'm a sucker for port. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's considered a hard liquor or not, but um, I always think that port wine barrels add so much difference to a beer. And you've just hit the nail on the head with this. It, it almost sounds like it's a bit of a stock ale, right? If you've kind of, because a beer to guard, I mean, that's what two brothers call their domain departure. Right. And this yeah. is, this is nothing like that. <laughs> no, that's the, the fun thing about barrels and, uh, you know, fruit and it's, you just take any base beer, not any base beer, but you could just take a base beer and, um, you know, if you go with the right amounts of fruits and you get the right breadth that you like and the, the time spent and you got to pay attention to it to where you want it. And then um, basically it's like a, 
Britannomyces for me, it's not doing a, uh, a full fermentation with Britannomyces, but you got the, you got the young guys, like, let's just say a California East does, you know, it does its thing, you know, it ferments out to a certain degree. And then once you add the fruit, put it in a barrel or even just add Brett to the tank, Brett's like the grandpa, the, the young guys are the, the California ale yeast. And then you let grandpa in there and he just refines everything, but it's going to take a little bit of time. It's not going to happen overnight. You got to give it the time. If you don't give it the time to mature, it's not going to taste right. Ken, you've been looking at it and sampling it. That's, that's, give us, give us your brewer opinion. <laughs> it, it's really, it's wild, man. This is a really interesting beer. First of all, if you look at the color in the pictures, at least on my screen, yours shows the purple. Mine does not. So I think that's your new. Are you on your HD cam? No, I'm on my iPad, which are is you? HD. Well, yours, looks, <laughs> yours shows the color. Mine looks okay, brown, but it's definitely when I look at this, it's got that purple, just a real purple hue to it. I get a lot of fruit up front, yep. like a lot of fruit, and there's a just that kind of Brett funkiness is just kind of it's subdued. It's it it adds to it. It doesn't dominate this, which I, I mean, it's just. It's really good. I get a little bit of bitterness and it's almost like bitterness from, uh, I, I mean, I know these are blackberries, so maybe it's from the, the pits I assume are in it or did you get juice? Uh, it was puree. Puree. So there's no yeah. pits in it. So I don't, I don't know. It, it, to me, it, there's like a little hint of bitterness. It's kind of like the pith from, uh, from, uh, uh, grapefruit, but it leaves you wanting to drink more and this is delicious. This is really a, a good beer. What's the, what's the ABV on this? Um, that one was seven and a half percent going into the barrel. So I did not have this one tested. I'm guessing it's under 9%, but wow. Diluting it with it, the, diluting it with the puree, but then the Brett coming in, it might balance out to where it's, it could be. I, I I'm just guessing if I said a, a number, but. Well, I, I was in a seminar once. They said that putting, putting a beer in a, a spirit barrel adds anywhere from 1% to 3% ABV to it. But uh, port, uh, port's a fortified wine, uh, so it's a strong wine, but it's not quite a spirit barrel. So I don't know how much it would add, but I get a little bit of the port, and I love port. Um, I get a, I get like a red wine character. I think somebody who's a, a red wine drinker would probably like this, may like yeah. it. I know winemakers do not like Britannomyces, so they may not like it. But if you're a wine drinker, you, you get a little bit of that red wine character in it um, towards on the finish. And the Brett just like lingers, you know, it's just kind of surfing away in there on your yeah. tongue. It's not dominant, but it's there. <laughs> Here's my uh, here's my bottle of port that I have here available right now. It is uh, Smith and... Smith Woodhouse, 2001. Thank you. 19-year-old port. Um, so anyway, uh, Larry, what's, what's in the future for you now that um, you talked about you're going to break into the next room, but now that COVID is still with us, at least for another couple of months, I'm sure, um, I'm really hoping that everybody's going to survive through Christmas. Uh, why buy presents for anybody? And if you are going to buy presents for people, make it beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Support your local breweries. Yeah. So what, what, you know, I, uh, 
what sort of plans do you have for 2021? Uh, well, part of it, I suppose, would be a little bit of a, a better uh, organized barrel aging program. It's kind of hard because I don't have room to put, you saw the barrels are up front by the door. Um, they're not always accessible. And sometimes I don't really like doing things when customers are sitting in the tap room or watching me. So um, it's hard to get a forklift up there, which we have to use a pallet jack. So we have to clear a bunch of stuff out. Like I said, we're in a, a real tight area. So it's, if we want to get a pallet jack and move barrels back here, it's a little bit of a project. It's not a matter of just grabbing it and going. We got to like move a lot of stuff out of the way. We have that gate up so that people can't just walk back here, even though you could see in the brewery. So we have to maneuver around that. So uh, just being able to get to these barrels more often and uh, do what I want with them and maybe more of them is going to be a big part of it. Um, I'm more into the to wilds and sours when it comes to barrel aging. I don't mind imperial stouts. I'll make them. I really don't drink them. Um, barrel, big barrel aged bears. I like, I like my lagers and my West Coast IPAs and I love Brett bears and playing around with sours and different fruits. So it'll be a lot more barrel aging sours, a lot more Brett beers. Um, and we'll do the stouts and porters. Our leather apron, I'm interested in actually maybe adjuncting and putting in a, some barrels next year. Next year when we make it, obviously not this year. I think we're done with it this year. We still have some, but I'm not going to make it again. Um, a lot of it's going to be with next door is going to have to do with uh, this customer focus. We're going to have another bar in there. So it's going to be more um, more of the higher ABV and barrel age stuff is going to be on that side to drink. And over here, we're going to keep it kind of how it is. So it's going to maybe like a speakeasy type thing we've been talking about. You're going to go in there, experience the, the bigger, more complicated, complex beers. And then on this side, the taproom side will be what we normally serve. And uh, we're planning on having um, like legit live metal bands playing next door too so we're going to have a big stage so half of it's going to be for the brewery uh the other half is going to be more customer focused to give a, a different experience than we already offer now we're going to try to get the uh the distro program going a little bit harder and uh we are wanting to kind of tap into some different states like northwest indiana and uh southern part of wisconsin uh but right now it's just no one doing anything so we just have to kind of wait until things pick back up as far as brewing, we're not going to like change doing traditional styles. Um, we're everyone here and my partners and everyone there. No one's like a huge fan of New England IPAs. We some of them like hazies, but we like it the way we do it, where it's a West Coast IPA. It's just hazy. Once the tap room opens up, we can experiment with some of those other English style beers. And um, like I said, we're going to continue with the barrel stuff. It's just a, a matter of a. Uh, getting things going, getting more barrels in here. I know we have a coffee company in Indiana that's going to be taking the cave dope barrels and they're going to age their coffee in it. So we might get some of that back and then add that to the coffee. Um, but yeah, I don't, we're not going to stray too far from what we've been doing, uh, especially with not knowing what's going to happen in the future. We don't want to stray from our, our regular business plan. So it's been working so far. So you're, you're, uh, you're on a, uh, uh, a smartphone, right? Yeah. Are you able to pick it up and show us your beer fridge? Because I know you've got an awesome beer fridge in the tap room. Oh, the for the Can you ta can you take us for a trip here? to your beer? Don't you got a beer fridge in the tap room? Oh, 
Oh, do you have do, do you have do you have a personal beer fridge there? No, it's basically my okay. tanks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> once the beer leaves the tank, then I I don't. It, depending on what beer it is, if once it leaves the tank, then I don't. Once it's up front, I'm done with it, and I moved on to the next thing that other people aren't drinking yet. So, but uh, I'll see. We, if we I like can. we like to see around. Oh, this is this is cool because you got like a you're traveling around with us now. This is good. Yeah. Oh look, there's his beer fridge. Yeah. Oh, oh no, wait a minute. What is that? That's it's just our cold room. Ah, the cold room. Okay. Oh, that like, looks no, no. nicely stocked there, uh, Ken, isn't it? That's a pretty healthy beer fridge. <laughs> That's nice. And here's the uh, here's our fifteen barrel tanks. Here's the four seven barrel tanks that are my babies. This is our brew house. Nice. And this is set up for one person to brew. We just put a tote super sack right over this mill one person can do it you're you're graining in you could stand on the brew deck by yourself and brew by yourself very easily we're not dumping bags of grain into uh into the mill by hand it's a little tiresome after a while do you yeah, have an assistant then, brewer yeah jake jake hutchison all right he does he does a lot of the he does he's my uh right hand he he does all the hard work there's our canner. All right. Hey, we'll get a free tour, Ken. That's awesome. I'll give you a quick tour. This is our uh, locker for our members. Now, how does that work? Member logo. Uh, oh. They pay an amount, and then they get their keep their glass in their locker. They keep the key, so when they come, they get to pull their glass out. We wash it. They drink from it, and uh, we'll leave goodies like stickers and stuff like that in there. That's cool. And then they get, uh, for our festival, they get the, uh, well, here's our, I guess you could say our barrel aging program. Hey, can, can we see your DJ in the corner? Oh, he's gone. Oh, he's gone. Okay. Yeah, he uh, left. You got to go, everybody, you got to go down there and then you'll like, during the day, you'll likely see a man in a suit in the corner. Looks like a DJ. You, yeah. He'll explain. Oh, look, it's his beer fridge. He looks like an attorney at a DJ booth. Yes. <laughs> he is our attorney DJ. That's why he's in the corner over there. That's awesome. If anything right. goes down, he's right there to witness it. Wait, wait a minute. Say, Where's hey, your lovely hey, wife? Before you, before you leave, go, go over and show the outside because I, I think that's a very appealing thing at your place. The fact that you have... Let's say hi to Erica. Where is she? Say hi to you. Hello, she can't see. Hello her. there. How are you? There's Jake. <laughs> get, get me Hello. out of here. Get me out of here. <laughs> we're we're going to send Larry out into the cold. Yeah. There he goes. So I thought there it was are. cool you had you had outdoor seating and then there's some inside that tent. That's, yeah. Yep. The tent's taking where, a beating, but is that where the excitement is? The and excitement the is outside. intense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> so come on down to Sound Growler, folks. They've got a tent. It's friendly. Well, thank you for the tour. That was just like excellent, man. No problem. <laughs> yeah, when we, when we say show us your beer fridge, it's like show us your brewery. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Our virtual tour. 
Um, Larry, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. You have some superb beers. I really enjoy them. I would just wish you were so much closer. I could come down and get them all the time. Get them into beers. Not that far. Well, no, that's true, but. (laughs) What was it, like Um, 45 minutes? I think it was about 45 for me. I'm at, I'm at like Fox Valley Mall. Well, we have the uh, 30 mile max radius for uh, beer and uh, a dozen uh, tamales if you fall in that category. So, wow. Oh, wow. Cool. All right. I think I'm just outside of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to raise my glass, uh, my two glasses. I have my beautiful tequila barrel aged Mexican lager here. I have my plague of locusts. What have you got? Have you got another glass, Ken? Oh, he's got a bottle. Okay. So we always end up our podcast by saying it's uh, thank you very much indeed, Larry Howe. Uh, It's good night from me. And good night from him. And it is cheers. Oh, I got a good clang. There we go. You got a plastic plastic one, Larry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Give us a burp. That'll probably care the sound. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, man. All the best. Yeah. Head on down the sound growler. Thank you. Yankee! Yankee! I'll have a pint, Joe. Go, give us a pint. You got any tetanus? Uh, a pint, please, Bob. Give another pint, please, Bob.